0: Welcome to The Well Podcast, where we post the audio messages for our Sunday sermons. For more information about us and how to get further connected, feel free to visit our website at thewellaustin.com.
1: What's up? Um, My name is Prince William Mohammed. I am a covenant member at The Well, also a part of the Mueller CG. Um, and today I'm going to be reading from Jeremiah 1, 4 through 12. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak for I'm only a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms, to pluck down and to break down, to destroy to overthrow, to build, and to plant. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I'm watching over my word to perform it. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Good, good. Um, Hey, I'm excited to be up here today because I'm getting to talk about one of my favorite topics uh, that of calling. And so uh, I'm really excited. I hope that, uh, man, you actually begin to even hear the Lord's voice in the midst of this gathering today, because I feel like the Lord wants to speak to each of us. And so if you've been with us, we have been in our Mountains and Valleys sermon series, and today is the last week of that. And what we're doing in this series is looking at, hey, how do we traverse the mountains and the valleys that we find ourselves in? What does it look like to interact with the Lord if he has us in the valleys of life, or if he begins to allow us to ascend up the mountains of life? How do we actually interact with God in the midst of this? And if you look at the list of topics we've been talking about, we've been all over the place, and calling kind of feels like it's something that, oh, it ain't up there, that's all right. It'll get back up there. Calling seems like it's something that's out of place in the midst of this because we've talked about things such as Sabbath or lament or celebration and really traversing up and down. And then all of a sudden we kind of pivot into this idea of calling. But I really believe that there's something intentional in each of our lives that as we kind of interact with God, if we walk in the purposes that God has for us, we will find restoration for our souls. And so calling becomes important Because as we learn how to celebrate or learn how to lament or learn how to journey throughout this life, even fight against spiritual warfare, we begin to find this, this pivot, this path with God where we can be used by God to make much of his name. And I think that's where full restoration takes place, is when we're walking in the will of God for our lives. And so, how do we find our calling? What exactly is it? Are some people called and are other people not called? Or how do you know if you're supposed to be an astronaut or an engineer or an entrepreneur or a barber, right? Or if you're just really gifted like Chris Henry, how do you know whether you're supposed to do all of those things at the same time? Okay, I honestly hope this message is encouraging. I hope it hits us in different ways. And I've actually been praying throughout this uh, kind of preparation of this, that the Lord would speak to each of us. In fact, I believe that God wants to communicate to some of us, even today, throughout the sermon or during the worship or even afterwards, that we would hear the Holy Spirit's voice and begin to find calling in our lives. And so I'm anticipating some of you hearing God's voice even this morning. So, Uh, Let's dive in. So that we're on the same page, so that we know what we're talking about. When I say the word calling, what I mean by that is this divine purpose, okay? It's that God has this call in your life to do specific things for his namesake and for his glory. And so once again, God is calling us towards something specifically for his namesake and for his glory. I wanna start with a premise here that I think you might initially disagree with, uh, but I hope to kind of flesh it out some throughout our time this morning together because it's driving a lot of the conviction that I feel around this idea and around this topic this morning is that I believe that each Christian has a special and a unique call of God on their life, that God wants every Christian to do something specific for his name's sake. Everyone of us is called by God to advance the kingdom of God. And I think that we find this unbelievable joy and this unbelievable restoration as we begin to walk in that call in our life. Here's why I think this, and we'll journey throughout this idea today, but words like called or appointed or chosen or set apart, they're all throughout the scriptures. In fact, it's really hard to read the Bible and not see words such as that littered throughout the pages of the scriptures. You see almost every person that God has used in the Bible be called by God at some specific point in their life. And I believe that God does the same type of thing today. Because God is not a distant God. He is a God that is interactive with his creation. God wants to reveal himself and redeem this world around us. And he often uses people to be that very means of redemption. Meaning, if he wants to redeem and if we need to hear God's voice to be redeemed because faith comes by hearing— then that means that God wants to use some of us as his ambassadors, as his workmanship, that we go forth and we are the communicators of God to the world around us. I think that every Christian has a call of God in their life. And so this idea of people being called to a specific task, it's all throughout the scripture, y'all. You can see it all throughout the Bible. However, I believe that many of us were unfamiliar with this concept of calling. And therefore, we often don't seek God to do things that he has called us to do. We're we're not attuned to hearing the voice of the Spirit of God call us towards things. And that's what I want to journey with today today. And I think that we will not be fully restored if we're not walking in what God has for us, and we will not be helping to restore others either if we miss the call of God in our life. And so this idea of restoration, of of turning from Joel one into Joel two, I think calling has a significant uh, play in the midst of that journey. God wants us to be restored. And if we do not know our purpose, it's going to be a lot harder to find that restoration and to also restore others in the process. And so it's important that we understand calling and understand God's calling on our life as well. We see this directly in the Jeremiah text, right? In fact, let's chop it up if you're there, Jeremiah chapter 1. Notice that this call from, uh, to Jeremiah came from God himself, And so God is the one that gives ultimate purpose in our life. That doesn't mean that if you have not heard the call of God for your life that you're less than. We see people like Moses actually not get called by God till he's 80 years old. And so we'll debunk some of the overstatements about calling here in a moment. But we do see that calls come directly from God. This was not self-created. It wasn't inspirational only. It wasn't like Jeremiah got really riled up because he was watching the Super Bowl and was like, I'm gonna be great like these men, right? Like he heard from God specifically. God sovereignly, in fact, before Jeremiah was born, consecrated. That means to be set apart. He set apart Jeremiah to be a prophet. And so right away, we see that this call had nothing to do with Jeremiah and everything to do with God and God's glory and God's kingdom as God's call always does. It has nothing to do with us and everything to do with him because as we just sang, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so Jeremiah got to faithfully take part in advancing and elevating the kingdom of God. But this was ultimately about God as calling always is or at least as it always should be. And so this is so sacred, by the way, right? Like like no other God claims to interact with his creation like this. Like in the womb is what this text is saying. And if this is true, that everyone is called as I believe that it is, this means that every single one of you, your life is unbelievably valuable because God himself, the one who holds value, the one that deems things valuable was interacting with you in the womb. This is a wild statement. God was doing something there to give your life eternal significance and purpose to allow you to serve him. This should be profound, saints. Like, like some of you need to meditate on that this week, that God created you. God, like, like God created you. This is crazy. And so notice God formed him And then it's almost as if God anticipated Jeremiah's rejection response and took care of that response before Jeremiah was even born. Because it says that God set Jeremiah apart for a specific reason. And he says, hey, I have set you apart. And then Jeremiah's like, (laughs) me, right? he says, Ah, Adonai Yehovah, Lord God. There's two names there. He's emphasizing God's name in that moment, which means he really means the next statement that he's about to make. He said, Adonai Yehovah, I, I, I don't talk good, all right? I, I got Detroit public school system all up in my veins. All right, I, I, I'm young, he says. Like, you cannot be talking about me as if God makes mistakes when he speaks. But we get a glimpse on how God, I believe, wants to use Jeremiah. And I think that this passage is not just for Jeremiah's sake, but all scripture is written down for our edification and instruction, which means I think that it's speaking about our life as well. We get a glimpse on how God wants to use us. And when we see God wanting to use people, it tends to be bigger than things that we could do by ourselves. Like almost everything, that God calls people towards creates an insecurity in people because almost immediately you begin to see, I cannot accomplish this unless God himself is interacting in my life. So calling tends to be bigger than something that we feel like we can do by ourselves. If you shrink back a little bit when you hear God's call in your life, that may be a really good thing. Maybe, maybe God is actually calling each of us And so just because you may feel incompetent or fearful in different ways when you hear God's voice does not mean that you were not called by God. In fact, it may be one of the very evidences that what you're hearing is indeed from God himself. In fact, that very incompetence may be the very thing that makes you effective to be used by God. Because rather than depending on your own strength, you begin to depend on the strength of God to do things that only God can do. You see, too often I think that we count ourselves out, maybe because of some past sin or some insecurity or some shortcoming, not realizing that may be the very thing that God is wanting to use to advance his name and to make much of his fame on the earth. I wish that was good news for somebody this morning because maybe your life wasn't as jacked up as mine was. But God wants to take these things that maybe we were even using, maybe even gifts, but using for our own intention and begin to redeem them that he might use them to make much of his name. Saints, if you hear the voice of God and it feels a little bit scary, don't allow that fear to make you think that you're incompetent. Literally, God wants to move through that often, that he might make much of his name God often calls beyond our ability so that you can see his ability in the midst of this calling. And this is a beautiful thing, which can I do a quick aside for one second? Uh, I don't know why I asked that. One day somebody's gonna yell no, and it's gonna be real awkward, right? Um, Listen, you are never too young to hear God's call in your life. Not too young in the faith or too young in age. Most of my calling came when I was actually in college, which I'll talk about more in a second. Now I wouldn't have trusted college, Tori, I was wildin', right? But my maturation, it came after God called and he continued to work out that calling in me. But as God matured along the way, he maintained this call in my life. Like you're never too young to hear the voice of God and to begin to move towards what God wants you to do. Jeremiah was likely a teenager here, right? Like Mary, the mother of Jesus is a teenager as she births and then raises the Messiah. David is a teenager. The disciples are all teens or really, really young. Also, you're never too old for calling either. Because Jeremiah, I mean, uh, Abraham was 70 and Moses was 80, as we mentioned. The, the point being is that you should not put a box around God's timing or the specifics or the experiences with your calling. Don't box God around your capabilities and your experiences and the way you think that calling should work. We just need to be sensitive to God's voice in our life. He may want to call some of you into ministry this morning, saints, We need to hear the voice of God. And so Jeremiah here, though young, he says, he's like, I I ain't the one. And then God responds, boy, please, right? I actually really love this about our God because so many people, probably even today, you may have shrunken back from your calling initially, but, but God doesn't give up on you. He doesn't look at Jeremiah here and is like, well, skip it then, you little punk dude. right? I'm scared, right? I'm going to choose somebody else. No, God doesn't do that, right? He continues to pursue Jeremiah here. And so you may have doubted God in the past, but my guess is that God will still be calling you if you would listen for his voice, saints. Now notice, God doesn't tell Jeremiah, what? You're not young. Just believe in yourself. Just do it. Just have faith and you can do this. There's a lot of philosophy that that's how we encourage ourselves to do hard things. But God's encouragement is not, hey, don't worry about those. His encouragement is, I'm gonna be with you. I'm going to show up. I'm the one that's going to put words in your mouth. And so he's not even rejecting Jeremiah's observation. He's just rejecting Jeremiah's interpretation of his observation. He agrees with Jeremiah, he is indeed young, but just because he's young does not mean that God cannot move. You see, Jeremiah was factoring in the fact that he was young, but he forgot to factor in the fact that God is God. And if God wants to move, then God can move. And so notice that that Jeremiah does these beautiful things here, right? If God calls you, therefore, he will be with you, I believe. And if God is with you, then even if hell itself tries to stand against you, you do not have to fear because God who overcame hell is also dwelling in you. You can move in the call of God in your life if you trust in God who actually delivers. Jeremiah's assessment for his readiness in ministry is completely different than God's assessment for his readiness for ministry. Uh, I wish I had at least three amens there. Do you hear that? Which means your personal assessment of readiness is probably not a good measurement of calling. God may be wanting to call you. What you need to be doing is rather than listening to your own voice, is beginning to try to listen to the voice of God in your life. And notice, even in this text, God tells Jeremiah, hey, do not be afraid. Jeremiah and God knows that this calling is not going to be easy here. In fact, calling is often hard on our life because when God calls us, he calls us to swim upstream, to to begin to push back the darkness in this world. And when we push back darkness, we begin to hit these hard walls because advancing the kingdom of light is hard, friends. And so hardship can be expected but I would rather have a life of hell with God himself present than a life of ease with the absence of God. Calling is where we see God most clearly because it's where he wants us to go and where he wants us to go, he himself will be there. I will be with you. And so part of how we find restoration is walking in what God calls for our lives. Now, if you look at this calling moment here, in Jeremiah chapter one, you would think that Jeremiah's life was gonna be this grandiose thing, right? Like like that he was gonna be one of the greatest prophets to ever walk the face of this earth. Jeremiah did ministry for 33 years and he saw nobody come to faith, not a single person. And so God is calling us, not necessarily toward immediate fruitfulness, but towards faithfulness. Another way to say that is if you put expectations on God's call, you're likely going to be very disappointed with the call of God on your life because our expectations I believe are often self-driven because it's us trying to find value in our work rather than value in our worth and in our God. If our call comes from God though, whether or not we see immediate fruit or if that fruit takes generations to mature, as long as we're faithful, that's all we care about because we know we're getting God in the process. Like, like listen, we can therefore better endure hardship when we recognize that God is with us, even if the call of God is hard in our lives. Calling in many ways, saints, it helps you take your eyes off of you and put them onto God Himself because He asked you to do something beyond you, and you have to continually gaze your eyes on Christ when He asked you to do that thing. If you felt God's call in your life, it's gonna be a lot easier to not lose track of mission because you know you're following what God is calling you specifically towards. It's easier to remember whose kingdom you're building if you know the call of God on your life. It's easier to remember the the things that God is beckoning you to do, that it's not about you, that it's about him if you recognize God's call. Do y'all feel me here? So God calls Jeremiah, but then in verse nine, God also gives Jeremiah words to speak. And so every person I believe who has been called by God has also then been anointed by God to do the very thing that God is calling them to do. Hello, y'all with me this morning? Every person who's been called by God has also been anointed by God to do the things that God is calling them to do. That is good news for us because now you don't have to depend on your own effort and your own exertion to try to pull forth some fruit. If God is with you and he puts his words inside of you, his word will not return void, which means fruit will produce. And we can depend on God in the process. In other words, gifts often accompany calling. Now, God may want to equip you as you go, of course, and even mature gifts in you as you go. That is definitely true. And often I believe in our arrogance or in our youthful zeal, we try to run too fast and we outpace our calling and we end up going so fast that our gifts take us where our character can't keep us. And so we begin to make these wretched decisions in our lives and profane the very calling of God because we have not allowed maturation to happen. So I'm not saying that we just sprint past this maturation process. What I am saying though, is that God tends to gift you so that he can use you so that you can restore other things around you and yourself be restored as he's using you to build the kingdom. This is a beautiful communion with God as we walk in our calling. God often blesses us with words or gifts from the spirit or with presence or with vision once he's called you to do specific things, which means he gives you the ability to accomplish the call even if you feel fearful or inadequate. And so I wanna go back to my premise for a second. I think everyone is called by God into specific tasks, into specific ministries, into specific directions in life, et cetera. The trick is, is that we tend to only think about calling in a vocational ministry sort of sense. So we think we have to be like Jeremiah and be a prophet. And if we're not doing that, then somehow we're not being faithful to God. But friends, this is not true whatsoever. Like think about the people with calling in their life all throughout the scriptures. Think about somebody like Jeremiah. Quick show of hands, how many people in here know what Jeremiah's profession was? What was his, I mean, I'm sorry, not Jeremiah, Abraham. Abraham, how many people know what Abraham's job was, right? So we quickly get like three hands, that's it. Because Abraham's calling had nothing to do with his profession, y'all following? What God called Abraham to do was to go to a specific place and to start a family, That was the call of Abraham on his life. And so our call doesn't necessarily have to be towards some sort of ministry, like you're supposed to be an overseas missionary. Maybe that's what God has called you to, but maybe he's calling you to a location and you don't even really know why, but he'll show you why as you're obedient to the smaller steps in your life. And so he calls Abraham to a location. He calls Joseph, the husband of Mary, to just be faithful and to stay married to his wife. That's it. In fact, most people think that he died before Jesus was even old enough to do ministry because we don't see him ever on the scene, but we do know they had other kids, so he stayed faithful. That's all God called him to do. And maybe that was the very thing that allowed Jesus to walk out his calling. Like, listen, God may be calling you to things that may not feel like job or vocation, and we cannot allow that to cloud our minds so that we miss the smaller calls of God in our life. Y'all tracking with me? Now, David right? Like who Psalm 23 is based off of, like, or he wrote it and it's also based off of his life. Like he was called to a profession. God called him to be a king. And so there are times where God does call to a profession, to vocation, like we see in Jeremiah's life. The list could go on. Paul was called to a particular group of people and we can go on and on and on. But even David, as you think about, and remember, we're tying in Psalm 23 throughout this series, David was a shepherd that was called by God to be a king. But because he was faithful in his shepherding, it allowed him to actually be a faithful king because what God was teaching him over here was directly aligned with what he wanted to do with them over here. And so as God calls you, as you're faithful in the smaller callings, he also is preparing you for the bigger callings in your life as well. And so as we're faithful where God has us at each season, whether we are shepherds or kings, as we are intentionally listening to the voice of God and submitting to that in our life, I think we find restoration, saints. I think we find joy. I think we find encouragement. I think that we begin to feel this rush in our souls, not just for our life, but because we begin to see how our calling is impacting other people's lives as well. I think that each of us is called to something and maybe not a specific job, but we're called to something. And if we're faithful with that, there will be fruit as we allow the Lord to mature that himself. So think with me for a second, if God has called you to be, let's just say a faithful father, you have a family and God's like, my call on your life is to be a faithful dad. And then there's a job opportunity that comes up that offers you $80,000 more a year, but you're going to be gone three or four days a week. Do you think you should accept this job? The answer is really easy, no, amen, right? Why? Because how could you be a faithful father when you're gone so much, if that's what God is calling you to do? Now for other people, God may be calling them into that and their rhythms of family life. It works great with that family. That is okay. Don't hear me miss saying that. But what I am saying is, if God is calling you to something specific, do you see how it helps make all other decisions easier as you're following the will of God for your life? You already know he's called you to be a faithful father. And if you feel like I can't be faithful if I'm gone two to three weeks in a month, then you should not take that job no matter how much money that job is offering you. This is where we begin to align ourselves with the will of God. And though less money, I bet more restoration, which produces more joy in the end. Come on, y'all. Each of us are called. Look with me real quick. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. This is where I'm getting my premise here, okay? It says, for we are... His, as God's, we are God's workmanship, listen, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So let me ask a question, what believer on earth is this verse not true for? All of us. None of us can escape the realities of this passage. Meaning, if you are in Christ, then there are things that God has prepared for you to do while you were in the womb, like Jeremiah chapter one. And as you do them, I think you find this joy immense. And so the question isn't, are you called? The question is, what and who are you called to? And as we're sensitive to God, at times I believe we get this massive calls in our life that dictate our whole life's direction. And other times we get these calls in the moment. And as we respond, I think we see beauty springing forth in our life. But I believe, because I believe that passage, that each of us are called by God into specific works that he has prepared for us to do. And so some of y'all are called into full-time ministry, straight up, and you need to respond to that. And it's scary, and it's hard, and you feel inadequate. I get that. Respond to the call of God in your life. For some of us, these callings are extreme. They're drastic. They they change the course of our entire life. For others, this call it may seem really basic at the moment. Like you feel like God is calling you to spend more time memorizing scripture and you have no idea why. And yet as you're obedient to that, what you realize is what he's preparing you for here is what you're going to use in this season of your life to actually make much of the kingdom of God. We need to be responsive to the cause of God on our life. And so, some of you may be being called by the Holy Spirit of God to put down certain sins in your life. Friends, slay those dragons, kill those sins that you may be faithful later. Some of you may feel called into CG shepherding. Some of y'all might feel called to have more prayer in your life. Some of y'all might feel called to go to the nations, but you don't realize it just yet because all you hear God saying is to do this purity class, but he's telling you to do that purity class so that when you do go to the nations, this sin doesn't disqualify you and send you back home. Do y'all see what I'm saying here? right? Like as we're sensitive to what God is calling us into, as we're faithful, I think he begins to lead us to the works that he has prepared for us. And I think that that brings restoration, saints. I think it brings joy in our life. As we're faithful to each call of God, we begin to see God moving. And this brings deep joy and deep restoration for us and for others around us. And here's the crazy thing about this, y'all is that as we're faithful to responding to God's call in our life, do you know what you get as a result? You get God. Often, I think we get more impact in the world because especially as Americans, that's what our whole uh, existence has been spoken and prophesied over us, that your value is in what you do. And while it is true that we should be faithful, that we should do things, part of who we are is what we do, that is good. But it is not all of who you are. As you are faithful and walking out your calling, what you get is more of God in the process. And this should be the motivation for us, beloved is that we get more of Jesus. The more you step into your calling, the more Jesus you get, and this should be why we want to hear from God and respond to God. It should be the greater, the, the greatest motivation is this intimacy with God. In fact, notice in Jeremiah's life even, he kept hearing God's voice over and over and over again. It began in verse 11. After verse three, this is the word of the Lord came to him. And then Jeremiah responded. And then it came again in verse 12. And then he responded. And then again in 13 and 14. And then as he went on with life, he was a little bit scared and like, God, this feels fearful. But he said again, I am going to be with you. I will make you a fortress, he says. Every time he was faithful to respond to God's call, he got more of God. And this should be the motivation. I believe that we tend to come at calling backwards. We want to hear the calling of God so that we know what God wants us to do. And then as we do it, we hope we get more of God. But that's backwards, friends. We should desire more of God and then begin to walk in what he has for us, knowing that as we walk, we get more of him in the process. And I think as we walk in these day-to-day callings of God, it begins to lead to greater and greater things. So many of us get stuck not moving because we're waiting for that grandiose moment where we know our entire purpose of our entire existence. But I believe that God-sized open doors, as these doors swing open to make much of Jesus, it actually swings on the tiny hinges of our obedience. As we're obedient, we see those doors open more plainly. God is calling us to faithfulness, not to fruitfulness first, but to him first. And as we are obedient to the small things God calls us to do, we see his name more exalted, saints. This is what I believe God has in our life. I think about many even on our team who has responded to the call of God in their life. Now, I'm speaking about full-time ministry context because that's my context, right? But God may be doing different things in your life as you just begin to think about, man, these people were faithful and here's how God is moving because of that faithfulness. But I think about many on our team. I think about Mary, who's up here leading worship often, who was a teacher and got her master's to, to do some education and then left all of that, raised support to come on and be a resident and now is blessing us because of her faithfulness and obedience. I think about Yusuf, who was an engineer and left that to come be a college director and is building up what I believe to be the workforce to the nations and to church plants and to ministry as he's faithful to respond to God's call in his life. I think about Jenna, who was working and, and doing all of these successful things and then stepped away to come on and be our CG director. And I remember having a conversation with her that essentially said, Do you want to make half as much and work twice as hard emotionally and spiritually? And she was like, I would love that. <laughs> Praise God. I'm glad you're here, right? And I can say so many different things about different individuals. And I think that each of these individuals would say, look, walking in the calling of God is extremely hard at times. I'm not painting flowers and roses. We're pushing back darkness, y'all. This is hard to do. As we walk in God's call, it's not all cake and lilies and dandelions. I don't know why I said cake, but it's not easy, right? (laughs) Easy as cake, there you go. Like it's hard at times, but I believe that you get more of God in the process. I think about my own story. I told you I was young when I felt called by God. I was sitting down watching TV, watching a prosperity preacher because I didn't know any better. And I was watching and all of a sudden, y'all, I went into this vision I did not fall asleep. I was as conscious as humanly possible. And I all of a sudden began to see things that were around me. And the vision is too long to explain, but what I ultimately saw was me preaching and people responding. I still remember the faces of people that I have never yet met, but I saw in that vision. And in there, I could see like people were taking notes and there were a few more people talking during the sermon than today. So we gonna get there, all right? We I ain't there just yet. But like literally, other people were taking notes. It was a super diverse room. Like, like I saw so much of this. I came back to fully alert and I felt God's call in my life that said, do you love me? I said, yes. He said, feed my sheep. And I knew what God was calling me to in that moment. It helped me quit football. It helped me quit pursuing some of the business things I was doing and begin to go into ministry. Now your calling doesn't have to look like mine or look like anybody else's for that sake. In a similar way that God calls each of us in different ways to salvation in himself. And all of our stories look so different. So as we respond to our calling, each of those stories will look different as well. And so for my charismatics in the room, you might get a vision just like me. You ready for it. You're like, give me that dream, right? For my Presbyterians in the room, that terrifies you. God ain't gonna speak to you like that. You're gonna be reading the word and be like, wow, this is so cool, Right? I don't know why I made y'all sound like that, sorry. For real. But, well, this is dope, whatever you say, okay? What I'm saying is, as we're sensitive to God, we'll hear God call us toward different things, y'all. And I think it does not have to be ministry or job or vocation, it could be anything. But as we're faithful to that, we begin to see God moving more clearly and this will ignite and restore our souls. And Jesus is our ultimate example here, family. You see, Jesus is the even greater Jeremiah of this story. Jesus was the ultimate prophet to the nations. Jeremiah was going to the nations to tell them about God, but Jesus went to the entire world, This text says, to tell people about God. He was a greater Jeremiah who also suffered a greater death than Jeremiah. You see, Jeremiah had no conversions after 33 years of ministry. And at the cross of Christ, we also see everybody betray Jesus after 33 years on earth. And as he is there suffering and dying, being the greater prophet for us, at that moment, even though he spoke greater words and did greater work than Jeremiah, he died as if he was useless, as if he was not walking in the call of God, as if he was hated by God himself, as he began to take on the wrath of God on himself. Jesus knew his calling and walked in it, and yet died as if he rejected all of the will of God in his life. But Jesus did not stay dead, saints. Jesus resurrected from that grave. And when he resurrected, he ascended up to heaven. And when he ascended, he sent the Holy Spirit down. And upon the Spirit's arrival, he told his disciples, when the Spirit comes, you're going to do even greater works than I will. You will be like me. And as you're sensitive to the Spirit's voice, you will begin to move in these calls. And as you collectively move together, the world will be changed because you are my disciples. And you have the same Holy Spirit of God that Peter had, that Mary had, that Barnabas and Paul had, the same Spirit that dwelt in Jesus now dwells in you. And because he resurrected and we are associated with Christ, then we have the Spirit of God to change the world around us, saints, to push back darkness, to make much of our glorious and beautiful King for his namesake and for his glory. And so can I get really practical as we close out here? That was funny. Look at you listening to the sermon earlier. You want staff though, so be careful because we're going. How do you find calling? All right. I want to get really practical. There is more than four ways that I'm about to give you, but I'm going to give you four and then chop it up in community groups this week with your friends. Begin to think about, man, there's all these ways we find calling in our life. But here's the four I want for today. The first one is I just want us to spend time in silence, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. If you wanna hear God's calling, listen for his voice. Be silent before God. Allow him to speak to you in your life. Spirit of God, what gifts are you giving me? What calling do you have on my life that I might walk in faithfulness and obedience? And then just listen. If you don't hear him, that is totally okay. Spend time in scripture, because that's where he mainly speaks to us, is from the word of God. So maybe you find calling for your life there, but spend time in prayer, spend time in fellowship with others, but just be sensitive to the voice of God. God does indeed still speak to his saints, beloved. And if you are in Christ, you are a saint, which means you can hear the voice of God. Secondly, I believe that bigger calling often comes with our present faithfulness. And so be faithful today, right? Like use what's already in your hand. When I think about the call of Moses, Moses was terrified like Jeremiah and God looked at him and said, hey, what is that in your hand? And he said, it's a shepherd's staff. And he said, throw it down and it became a snake. And then he reached out and he grabbed the snake and it turned back into a staff. That same staff would later be used to split the Red Sea, would later be used to lift up the serpent in the wilderness. And as people looked toward it, they were healed, which ultimately pointed us to our Messiah. Use what's in your hand already, saints, like what God has given you already, like the things that you're using for your current jobs or in your current ministry areas or in your current relationships or whatever it may be, use where you already are and sense what God may be wanting to do with that. Y'all follow that? God may be wanting to use you where you are today. And as you're faithful, you find greater purpose and glory. And so serve in the midst of that. And if you're like, I don't really have much in my hand, cool, start putting stuff in your hand. For real, serve right like like get involved like start loving on people around you begin to try to be sensitive to god's voice in your life thirdly uh what do you need to lay down to further walk in your calling Lay aside hindrances and sin and other things that are in your life. For Jeremiah, he needed to lay down his youthfulness and his insecurities and his fear. For others, you might have to lay down your pride or your selfish ambition or your vain conceit. And you might be anywhere on the spectrum, but as we begin to kill our sin, it allows us to walk in calling more because sin cripples calling and we need to kill it before it kills us. And so lay aside our hindrances. Often we are in our way of our own calling, but as you become less, guess who becomes more? God. And if we want more of God, if that's the ultimate goal, then let us become less, that he might become more. Finally, I want us to recognize that all of our callings could be different. And I want you to not compare your calling to others. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, we are his workmanship. But that word in the Greek is actually the word poema. It's where we get our word poetry from. We are God's poems. And every poem is created different. It's what makes it so unique and so beautiful. And so all of us have these different callings from God. Well, a long time ago, if you've been at the well for a while, if you're an OG, you remember our Unsung Heroes series where there are all these people that are not mentioned by name that none of us really know. Hey, what did Epaphrodites do? Or, or what did Onesimus do? Or, or, or who was Juniper? Or, or who was Lydia? Like, like, what did they do? And we tend to not study them and yet they were just as faithful as Paul and maybe the reason you're sitting here today. And so we may not think that we have a ton to offer and we're like, well, I don't really feel called into ministry, but I do kind of feel called to serve our kids. Okay, cool go serve our kids. And if after three years, you might only see one kid come to faith and you may feel like, well, that must not have been worth a whole lot. And yet that child may grow up to do some extreme ministry in some business and they might lead a coworker to faith and she might go home and lead her family to faith and her kid might grow up and go reach some tribe that has never heard about Jesus and you're never even going to know it till you get to the kingdom of God. Praise God because that's where the greater reward is anyway. We just have to be faithful. But we also, we also have to think like that, y'all. We have to realize that our faithfulness today, the word of God does not return void. So if he's calling us, it's going to produce fruit. You just might not be the eater of that fruit. Other people might. And yet, you will receive that one day in the kingdom. And so don't compare your calling. Don't try to figure out, oh, if I don't have this big, massive thing, then it must not be. No, be faithful where God is calling you, saints. That's what is clear throughout the scripture. You look at Epaphroditus' life, Paul was killing himself in ministry, literally almost died because he was doing way too much work. And Epaphroditus felt called by God to just go and minister to him back to health. If Epaphroditus was like, oh, well, Paul's gonna die, so I'm gonna go be a missionary now. You and I might not be here because he might not have been what God, like he might not have been good at that. He was called to nurture the hell so Paul could go back. And as each of them were walking in their calling, we see the church expand. Don't compare your calling, friends. Just walk in what God has for you. Okay, I'm way out of time. And I have like one more thing and maybe I'll share it on Instagram or something sometime soon, okay? <laughs> um, listen, I hope some of y'all come into ministry. Like maybe here, maybe 10 years from now, some of the church, maybe you go into the nations and you reach the nations. Like we wanna play a hundred churches. Maybe God is calling some of you into that. I hope that some of you do that. I hope that some of you are just raising up faithful warriors in your home that bless the kingdom of God because you have discipled them rightly and you're a faithful parent. I hope some of you stay working in tech and you don't come to minister at the well, you minister at Google and that makes a bigger impact in the world. And some of you stay in that world. I hope some of you make a bunch of money and fund our laborers because maybe that's what God's calling you to do. That's dope, right? Like that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. I hope some of you start nonprofits that fight against the injustices of the world. I don't care what it is. I just hope that you walk in your calling because I believe we'll find this beautiful restoration as we respond to the voice of God in our lives. Amen. I love you guys tremendously, tremendously. Let's pray together. Yeah, Holy Spirit, I pray that even right now, we would be sensitive to your voice in our life. That God, today, tomorrow, a month from now, as we hear you speaking, that we would respond. We would not harden our heart to your voice, Father. God, I pray you would speak to your saints. God, I thank you for calling me to, to this family. I selfishly thank you because of how much this family blesses my family, blesses me. But God, I thank you that I'm getting to see more of you because of walking out in that call, God, I pray that we would respond to your call in our life. That if you call us to rest, would we respond? If you call us to run, if you call us to, to, to take steps, if it feels scary, I pray that you would give us boldness, God. God, I pray for every man and woman in this room. In fact, God, I pray that those who do not have a relationship with you, friends, I pray you would hear the call of God in your life to come into a relationship with God. That you would hear from all of this, that God wants to call you into intimacy with himself. How unbelievable is that? But the God of the universe is calling, is calling us to respond. And as we respond, we get Jesus. We get life, we get resurrection, we get joy, we get restoration, we get healing, we get forgiveness, we get the removal of shame and guilt. You call Jesus, thank you. Thank you for that, Father. God, I pray that some of us would respond to your call. You have been calling us into the family for months, for years, and we've run away because we're afraid of the church or afraid of your people. I pray we would not be afraid of you and that we would respond to the call of God. I pray we would move in the midst of this. I pray that we would be celebratory of what you are doing. I pray that we would respond to your voice, Holy Spirit of God. Let us not run away from your call. God, I pray for those of us who have responded to this salvation call. I pray that you would recall us again and again and again and again into greater and greater ministry, Christ. I pray that we would do the works of the gospel so that your name might be glorified. Show us what you're calling us to. Let us shake off the fear. Let us walk in your call, Christ. Thank you for planning good works for each of us. You did not have to do that. We could have just been nomads doing whatever, but you have prepared good works for us. Thank you for that, Christ. Let us walk in them. I pray this in your beautiful name, Jesus. Amen. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. If you want more information about us or how to get further connected, please visit our website, thewellaustin.com.